Welcome to a life-transforming experience with the Word of God from Bishop Napoleon Asian. Napoleon Asian is a son of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the head of the LCI mission in Cape Town, South Africa. With about 20 years experience in ministry, Bishop Napoleon Asian has been actively involved with the work of God in Ghana, UK, and now a missionary in South Africa. He stands with his father in the ministry, teaching and emphasizing his word with extraordinary grace and faith. Join us now as he delivers the word of God under the anointing. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together. Put your hands together. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to be seated for some few minutes. And I want us to pray quickly before we take our offering. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me if you have one. If you don't, it will come right on stage. On the screen, you can benefit from it. Let's go to the second book in the Bible from the Old Testament. Exodus. All right. Are you there? Okay. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. I want us to read from verse number. Let's read from verse number 30. I'm sure we can stop somewhere. 36. Are you there? If you are there, say amen. Amen. If you are not there, say wait for me. Okay, everybody's there. So, Exodus chapter 12, I'm reading from verse number 30. The Bible says, And Pharaoh rose up in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Can you believe it? That one, one, one uh, night, the king rose up from his bed, and every house in the country has somebody dead. Everyone, everyone, including the king himself. There was somebody dead in the house. Verse number 31. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. 32. And take your flocks and your heads as ye have said, and be gone and bless me also. I mean, if you know the history or the uh, process that has brought this, 
countless number of times Pharaoh had refused to let the people of God go. Moses will go and negotiate that this is what God will have us to do. Let my people go that they may save me. But Moses will not let them go. But the last straw that broke the back of the camel is when every house, the Bible says that night there was not a house that did not have a dead person. Now it was too much for Pharaoh to uh, contain. So he rose up, called Moses and Aaron, and he said, look, be gone. Get out and go. Go with the children of Israel and go and serve the Lord as you have said. And he, he also told him, he said, take your flocks and your heads as you have said and be gone. But before you go, now I've seen that you are powerful. Bless me also. Verse number 33, the Bible says, and the Egyptians were urgent upon the people. Is everything okay? Okay. The Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we be all dead men. Verse number 34. And the people took their dough before it was living. Their knitting uh, troth being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. Verse 35, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. Verse number 36, can we read it together? Verse number 36, all of us, one, go. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required and they spoiled the Egyptians. Amen. Okay, 37. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. Hallelujah. Now, they were going out of Egypt, never to return. And they had gone to borrow, like the Bible says, according to the words of Moses. They had gone to borrow uh, uh, jewels of gold, jewels of silver, and of raiment, expensive uh, dresses, boutique dresses. So, when they were going out, those who were able to obey Moses... They came out of Egypt blessed, loaded with substance, gold, silver, and raiment. Things that they had never uh, imagined they can have in their lives. Hallelujah. But verse number 36, look at the verse number 36. That is the prayer I want us to pray. Bible says, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Hallelujah. The Lord gave the people, the children of Israel, they had favor in the sight of their bosses. And Bible says, so that they learned unto them such things as they required. There are things that you need, but when you ask for it, whether you'll be given or not, it depends on whether you have favor. 
from the person you are asking. Hallelujah. Favor will guarantee you answers. Amen. So this morning, I want us to pray for favor. You know, there was a reason why God granted them favor. Favor causes you to have access. Favor opens door. Hallelujah. Yeah, so I want us to pray. I want us to pray. You can sit, you can stand, but you are praying for yourself. The Lord, I need favor. Are there things in your life that you want that you don't have yet? Are there things that you are praying about, you wish, I mean, it will arrive in your life today? Favor will hasten it. Favor will let it come faster than you have imagined. Amen. And that is what the Bible records. And the Lord gave the people favor before the Egyptians. Before the Egyptians were their bosses, their tax masters, their landlords and landladies. These were the people who were beating them, caning them, touching them. How can, I mean, you think about it. How can a household go and borrow gold? There are things that when you are a household, okay, you are a garden boy. You are a cleaner. You don't go to your boss that, uh, can, can I have some gold? I mean, who are you talking to? How many understand what I'm talking about? But for a gardener or a house help, a cleaner to go to the mistress or the master and borrow vessels, jewels, and nobody, nobody puts a golden jewel, Okay. Out there, uh, what the center table? No, they are hidden somewhere. So, for your uh, cleaner or your help or your cook to come and ask for your golden jewel, your silver jewel, your dress, clothing that are so precious to you, and you are able to go and bring it, is something else. Hallelujah. That is exactly what God will do for you. I said, that is exactly what God will do for you. God will grant you favor. And what you don't qualify, otherwise you cannot even ask for, God will let you have it and it will be a surprising thing to you. Lift your voice and lift your hand and begin to call on God and say, Lord, oh yes, Lord, your favor, your favor, your favor, your favor, Lord. We pray for your favor. We pray for your favor. Ah, Kabarababa, Kayasa, Tele, Mota, Bande. Oh, yes, Lord, that you will favor our cause. That you favor our cause. Ah, wherever we are working, whatever we are doing, we need favor from you. Ah, even our students, favor from our lecturers, favor from our mothers, favor from our fathers. Oh, yeah, let them pay our fees. Ah, some of us, we need iPads. Some of us, we need computers. Some of us, we need, we need cars. Oh, yes, the car dealer will, will, will give you half price. You'll be surprised. Ah, favor, favor, whatever you need. Whatever you need, whatever you need. Father, in the name of Jesus, Ayabakataka, as strange as it is, let your favor make it possible. Let your favor make it possible. We pray for your favor. We pray, Makota, Ronde, Motesa, Makota, Bronde, Makota, Santele, Motusa. Oh, yes, Lord. Maka, Bando, Rindi, Limo, Suta. Favor to be chosen. 
Favor, Lord. Favor, Lord. Favor, Lord. We pray for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, we thank you. Ah, Yabarababa, Sente, Limo, Kuta. Oh, yes. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them some things as they required. Oh, Manshanto Tele Mando Teleba. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Moka Bando Rushikiba. Ah, Yabarababa. Ye Matusa. Limohuta. Favor will cause you to be chosen. Favor will cause you to be selected. Favor will cause you to be preferred. Favor will cause you. Ah, Kabarababa. La Kabande. Ah, receive open doors. Open doors through favor. Open doors through favor. Favor. Favor for employment. Favor for all you need. You will be chosen. You will be selected. You will be preferred. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 11, Bible says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift, nor the battle for the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happening to them all. In other words, favor normally, normally, those who are favored are skillful people, talented people, people with gifts. Favor are granted. But in the case of the people we just read about, we don't read about their skill, we don't read about their talent, but God says he placed favor. May you be exceptional in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you may not have what it takes to be favored, but God will favor you. May God favor your cause. May it be so well with you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now turn your Bibles with me to Esther chapter 35. Please be seated. Chapter 35. Are you there? Okay. I'm reading from verse number three. Bible says, And ye shall candle no fire throughout your habitation upon the Sabbath day. For and Moses speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, verse number five, can we read together one go? Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and badger skin and shitting wood 
and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, and honest stone, and stones to be set for the effort, and for the uh, breastplate. Are you there? And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, hallelujah, the tabernacle, his tent and his covering, his touches and his boards, his bars, his pillars and his sockets. Amen. So we read from here that there was a reason why God gave these people favor. Amen. You know, God has, he knows the end from the beginning. So he did not just give the people of Israel just favor. He needed to build a tabernacle, the house of God, a tent. He needed the board and they were supposed to overlay it. If we go further, they were supposed to overlay it with gold. Hallelujah. And they were supposed to do embroidery. They were supposed to do so many things. And they were asked to do the act of the uh, covenant. Different things they needed God for all that. Hallelujah. So before they came out of uh, Egypt, God knew that he is going to ask them for offering. He will, he will need them to support the uh, building of his uh, tabernacle. He know that he will need them to support the burden of his tent. He know that there's going to be an act, different things, that he would need silver, gold, different things. So he went ahead and he said, that, go and borrow, go and ask, I'm going to grant you favor. Hallelujah. Amen. So when God blesses you, like we see it in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 18. Look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse uh, 18. Can we read it together? One, go. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers, as it is this day. So there is a purpose for prosperity. Hallelujah. God makes people rich. God blesses them with business acumen. God brings them favor. It causes them to have abnormal profits. God loves us, gives us more than the average person because he has a purpose in our prosperity. Amen. I say he has a purpose in our prosperity. The psalm says that he delights in the prosperity. Have you seen that scripture? That the Lord delights, delights in the prosperity of his people. That when Christians prosper, God begins to be happy. Why will God be happy? You know, if you're a politician and your party wins, you begin to be happy because you have connections. But God's connection is with his people. Hallelujah. I said God's connection is with his people. Because when the people of God prospers, the church of God also prospers. Evangelism is done. Poor people will be looked after. Church buildings will be built. Hallelujah. Many good things will happen. The work of God will be done. Amen. And that is what God is about to do. He will delight in your prosperity. I said God will delight in your prosperity. 
God is not intending to make you poor. Because when you become poor, how are you going to finance the gospel? There are crusades to be held. There are church buildings to be built. Amen. Yeah, we can, very soon, one of these days, you notice that a government will say that churches cannot meet in classrooms. You watch and see. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. The, a governor, not necessarily this government or, where, or the world, they would take a decision that they would never allow government property to be used by religious bodies. You watch and see, just a matter of time. And if by that time we don't have our own church buildings, you notice that it will be. So God delights. All these things are coming. That's why there is going to be, I, I don't know when, but I'm going to talk to you about the wealth transfer that is coming. Yeah, there's going to be a serious wealth transfer. God is going to load his people, he will load them with money, influence. Hallelujah. Yeah. And individuals will build churches in your hometown, in your village. You build churches because there is a time that is coming. That people cannot meet in a church. They cannot meet in a high school. They cannot meet in schools. They will have, if you don't have a place of your own, you, you, you cannot go to church. Even look at what is happening. People have their own church buildings, but they are not allowed to go and worship. The Antichrist is against the church. Hallelujah. So God is giving us favor. Somebody lift your hands and say, I receive the favor. I receive the favor. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know what you do and I don't know what you are involved with. But this morning, I'm praying for you. That favor will be your portion. That the Lord will delight in your prosperity. You will be prosperous. You will do well. You will have more than money. To support the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus. How much can you eat? How many beds can you sleep on at a time? How many shoes can you wear? How many cars? After God has given you, you take what you want to be happy in this life. But you notice that, look, I need to, I need to help the, the, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, so take your offering. Take your tithe. Take your seed. Amen. Yeah, he that is faithful with little will be faithful with much. May the Lord delight in prospering you. Remember the Lord, the favor. Oh, yes, this morning is favor. Favor, favor to be chosen, favor to be considered, favor to receive what otherwise you don't qualify for in the name of Jesus. Yeah, before you notice, they have called you for a promotion that you are not due. Yeah. And before you notice, they are giving you back pay and arrears of promotion that you did not know about. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Before you notice, they are sponsoring you. Yeah. They will sponsor you to go for a course. And as you are in the court, they will be giving you per diem. You'll be earning your salary. And there will be other allowances that you don't know that they are all in existence. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May you have a, a general sponsor. 
Yeah, you receive a bursary. You receive scholarships in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Take your phone, your iPad, whatever you are using, your tithes and the first offering, your tithes, the tenth of all that God has given us. And we are going to give it. I want to pray over it. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for the favor that brings us from behind to the very forefront. Thank you that your mighty hand is able to take us from deep down below and under and bring us up that we will be floating. Thank you. You took David from the back of the desert and you brought him to the king's palace. And not only that, but you gave a city named after him. Oh yes, the city of the king. David even have his own star. Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, that today we may be down. Today we may be unknown. Today we may not be influential. But through your favor, through your blessing, through your mighty hand, take us, push us, bring us to where we need to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the ladies and I pray for the gentlemen. Lord, your influence, Lord. May we be preferred. May we be chosen. May we be selected against all odds because your hand is involved. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And all shall shout and say, Amen. In the name of Jesus, are we ready to be taken out of our comfort zone? to move out of our personal Jerusalem, out of our personal Judea, out of our personal Samaria, to the ends of the world. Because many are cold. Hallelujah. I believe I'm one who is cold. Do you believe you are cold? Stand up to your feet this morning. We are ready for the word. I don't feel your excitement. I don't feel that you believe you are cold. I don't feel that you are ready for a pastor. You are warming up. You are warming up. You are warming up. With Jesus' joy, help me welcome our pastor, our shepherd, Bishop Napoleon Essien. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for yet again another privilege we have to be where you are. Thank you for the opportunity to be part of the living. Lord, we don't take it for granted. Lord, we pray that in our lifetime, help us to fulfill all your will, all your purpose in the mighty name of Jesus. May we not exit this planet until we have finished the reason for which you created us. Please help us. Help us by your spirit. Help us by your word. Your presence, Lord. Lead us and guide us. And Lord, above all we ask that you will enable us to fulfill that which is pleasing to you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. This morning, we commit ourselves to you. We say, have your way. Grant us understanding. And above all, let your will be done in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall shout and say, Amen. 
Hallelujah. Please be seated in heavenly places. Amen. Well, I'm happy to see all of us. Hallelujah. Are you blessed to be in church? Are you blessed to be here? By the grace of God, we started talking about many are called. Last week was the introduction and we want to continue. Hallelujah. How many know that many are called? This is what Jesus said. He said many are called, but few are chosen. And last week we looked at the story where this scripture came from. And we noticed that God does not call only good people. In fact, one of the chapters in this book is the characteristics of those who are called. That's when you notice that what Jesus said is true. That he said he sent his servant to go and bid them to come, good and bad. Hallelujah. God never, I mean, disqualifies people from being used. You can disqualify yourself, but God will never disqualify. Once you are alive, you are living, there is always hope for you. Amen. So today we want to continue and I want to share with you how different people were called. Amen. How different people. You know, sometimes it feels like, um, am I really called? This thing is it for me. You know, when you hear that many are called, you become very encouraged. That wow. But when you hear that a few are chosen, then you feel like, hey, <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> but you don't need to be discouraged at all. Many are called. So why is it that few are chosen? And one of the reasons why few even respond to the call and for that matter, they are not get even to be chosen. Is that some people cannot even identify the call. Hello? Are you here? Some people don't even start. It's like somebody is calling you. You don't even hear that you are being called. Or you don't think that what the person is saying, come, is calling you. If you don't understand... Have you watched a Chinese film that the uh, uh, the killer will do like this? <laughs> it's like it's your turn. He will be there beating people one after the other. He will do his snake fist. And if he finishes this one, then you look at yourself. Now it's your turn. Whether you are ready to fight or you are not ready to fight, he has finished beating some. It's your turn. And you need to jump in. And have you seen some killer that looks like very powerful until actual fire comes? No, knowing that with one blow, oh, the guy is gone. But many people, what I'm saying is that how are these wonderful people that we read about? How were they called? Amen. If we can get to understand or we can get to know how they were called you perhaps also know that you are called. The only reason why you feel that your case is different or you are not called is because you have not understood or you don't know how others were called. 
When you get to know how others were called, you notice that, Charlie, I am very called. You notice that your calling is deep. When was it? Was it yesterday or Friday? A lady uh, called me. I had asked her to uh, do some prayers. So she did the prayers and she called me and said, Pastor, uh, I wasn't, for the first time in my life, I wasn't asleep. And it was like I was having a dream. Was that what is called vision? I said, I, I did not have it. You are telling me. Then said, as she was praying and sitting down, suddenly it felt like she was seeing God in tears. And said, the amazing thing to her is that she did not see the figure, but she knew that this is God. And he could also see Jesus. And Jesus was interceding for the human race. He said, there were tears in the, in, the, in the face of God. It's like God was crying. But the Lord Jesus was interceding that for the human race. And she told me, said, I understood. I understood the intercession. That it's like, Lord, I mean, don't let it happen. Don't let all of them. The intercession was going on. And from there, it was her turn. She began to see her life, how selfish she has been. She began, even understood the reason why she does things. It's a statement that she made when she was young. All were playing back to her. Say, you went here. You did this. You have done this. You are here. And even what you are doing is not because of you are just looking for money. And he said, the selfishness that she saw in herself, she had never felt like that. She never thought that she was selfish. He said, for the first time, she noticed that she had not taken a single decision because of God. Everything she had done in her life was for her. Everything she has done in her life said, and one thing after the other, one thing after the other. So she started crying and was um, asking for forgiveness that no, she would change and all that. So she kept crying and felt that, is it over? Then she told me, Pastor, I felt that I, I, I'm very good. I felt that I'm very good. But when I saw this, I noticed that I'm such a bad person. That not even one decision in my life is because of God. So as the decisions were unfolding one after the other, and I noticed that, ah, so me at all, I have not done anything because of God. I say I'm born again, I love God. And all that I have not done anything in my life because of God. So I said that, wow, God is helping me. How can I have such conversation with you? Only God can tell you you are this selfish. And I remember me talking to her some things that she needed to do. She ignored. Now, said the 
amazing thing is after this experience, one of her colleagues who was about to lose her job spoke to her. He said, Pastor, normally when people tell me things, I will think about it, but after that, that is over. But I'm so burdened. I'm so worried. I kept praying for this person. I want to help this person. And I, I he said, I noticed that this is not me. I kept saying, no, this is not me. Why am I going around with people's burden? This is not me. This is not me. And I said, the old you is gone. This is the call. Hallelujah. Are you here? Yeah. So, I, I mean, let's think carefully. The reason I'm telling you this is that when I saw her, you are called. That, that is the call. She was quiet. She did not believe it. So I, I left it there. But when I finished, I felt like sending her a message. So I sent her a message and I said, go and read Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1 to 9. Can we go there? Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. Then we jump to verse 8 and 9 for the sake of time. We are, it's very short uh, service we are having this morning. Short according to my time anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says, can we read together one go? In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. Move to verse 8 and 9. Let's go. So I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Maybe we, when we read from when we read from the NLT to be faster, let's read all the verse. If this is all we can do, it's okay. Can, can we? Okay, let's start from verse 1. I wish I can get somebody to read for. Can we read together one go? It was in the year King Hosea died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? No, no, don't jump. Let's read from verse number one to nine. It's okay. It's okay to read the Bible in church. Or, or we cannot read it. Okay, so verse 2. Attending. They covered their faces and with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. So this is what he saw. This is what um, Isaiah saw. Verse number three, are you there? Let's continue. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Verse four, their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed. For I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. And I live among people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongues. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. Your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here am I, send me. Not here am I, send them. Here am I. Here am I. Some people say, Here am I, send them. Or here am I, send her. Here am I, send him. Verse number nine, let's finish it. One, go. And he said, Yes, go and say to these people, Listen carefully, but do not do. uh, Yeah. He said, Listen, these people listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That, that way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Amen. Well, it's very interesting. So, you know, anytime you have a dream, you have a vision, it's already in the Bible. So, I told her that this is what you have seen. He said, he saw the Lord. Amen. And when you read it, you notice that she was feeling sinful. She felt very bad, selfish. And that is exactly what Isaiah saw. He said, I am. When you read the King James, he said, I am a sinful man. I am doomed. Okay. So, you see, she was going to continue doing whatever. To her, God is, uh, what do you call it? Doing picture display. She has shown herself in heaven. And I said, no, this is your calling. God has called you. Amen. And if you understand, I'm talking about how different people were called. Amen. How different people. Look at the calling of Isaiah. And somebody has had similar experience, but may not even know that is the calling. And will continue doing so many things that does not align with the calling that she has received. Amen. But when you get to know how different people were called, you notice that, wow, I need to walk in the footsteps of these people. I also need to follow. This person was called this way. What happened to him? What did he do? He responded. And this was. So when you also know how different people were called, are you here? You'll be able to respond to the calling. Amen. So the first, the first thing I want to, uh, I, I want you to understand is that you cannot, you cannot predict how God will call you, and you cannot stimulate how you should be called or the experience you want to have, so that you will be called. Every one of us want to be called like Paul. We all want to hear some things. We all want to see like Isaiah. Are you getting it? We all want to hear something. But even when you come to the physical, we have, uh, what do you call it? 
channels of communication and mediums of communication. Now, if I send a text message to you that come to me, okay, it is not, it is not, I mean, better than me calling you on the phone. I don't know which one you, you, you prefer, but if I, I looked at the time, what time is it? I said, look, I send it to you that come to me when it is 12 uh, noon. Wherever you are in the church, I send a message to you, come to the stage when it is 12. And I call you and say that uh, tomorrow, Sunday, when I'm preaching, when it's 12, come to me. You may have received a call or you may have had a test or I may have recorded an audio and I could also record a video or I can send somebody to come and tell you whichever one. How many understand what I'm talking about? So whether you received a text message or a WhatsApp or you had a phone call or you had a video message or somebody came to call you, the pastor is calling you. Whatever, it's a call. Which one? You may have your preference. You may want the one that the person is called. But I'm saying that the text message is not less a call. The phone call is not less a call. The video call is not whichever you prefer. You may have your own preference. We understand. But what we need to understand is that God has the right to use any one of them. You cannot insist that if God wants to call me, then he needs to call me himself. He cannot send somebody to come and call me. (laughs) He cannot send somebody. Well, it would be nice if God will call him himself, but he can also send. He can also send somebody to come and call you. It is as uh, powerful as a call as God talking to you himself. Hallelujah. Are you here? Yeah, and these are the things that make people miss out. These are the people that does not, these are the things that does not allow people to respond to the call because they have heard a particular way. They have, I mean, heard stories of how God called somebody and it was like this and it was commissioned. I mean, it's, it's nice. Like one pastor was praying every day to see Jesus. Up to now, he's not seen Jesus. But he had one of the church members visiting him. And when the church member was visiting him, Jesus walked into the visitor. The visitor, he walked into his room and asked him, open your hands. He opened and he put something in his hands. He said, I have commissioned you. So he told the pastor. And the pastor was very angry. That this guy may have come to receive my visitation. (laughs) I can tell you. It was uh, Prophet Kakra. Prophet Kakra visited uh, uh, Bishop, the prophet. And as he was there, Jesus walked into his room and commissioned him. So as he was telling Prophet that, oh, do you know what happened when I came to stay with you? On the Thursday. The second day of Benihim Convention, Jesus walked into the room. He said, I should stretch my hand. And he put something in my hand. He said, I have commissioned you. The pastor was not happy, but he had to pretend. 
that he was happy. He said, wow, powerful, wonderful. But I, when he left, he noticed that, no, 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 no. This guy may have come for my visitation. Are you here? So when we hear things like that, we all want some. We all want some. Are you there? Did I tell you the story of the guy that Jesus visited? Which one did I tell you? There was one that he came. He laid hand on him five times. Said just before he will explode. When Jesus laid his hand on him, just before he will explode, then he will lift his hand. One. Two. He said, just as I was about to explode, then he will lift his hand. Five times, then he left. Then he said, uh, Bob will explain it. Then in the morning, Bob Jones went and told you, Jesus visited you. He laid his hand on you five times. I have come to explain to you what happened. Hey! I want something like that. Not this type of vision, uh, a dream that when you wake up uh, after that, you notice that, mm. Did I really see it? How many notice that sometimes you don't want to write it because you are not sure? Yeah! Not only you, we are all like that. We are all like that. You know, so one of the ways to retain vision is to stay in the spirit. Some of you wake up too quickly. See that the, the, the vision, even the powerful vision will begin to fade till you begin to doubt. That is very difficult. But if you could begin to worship and be there, oh, you will still be in the spirit. Because a thing was in the spirit. But when you come into the flesh, see, there is another world. This world does not believe in things that we cannot handle. Hallelujah. So because of that, because of that, it is very difficult for people to respond to the call. And many people don't respond and it causes us not to be chosen. Amen. So we may be part of the many that are called. Thank you. We may be part of the many that are called. But our inability even to hear the call or to notice it does not allow us to respond. Are you here? So my intention is for us to see how many uh, different people, how different people were called in the Bible. The first one is the call of Paul through quiet conviction. The call of uh, God on Paul's life through a quiet conviction. You know, we know about Paul's calling that we see in Acts, the one he fought to the ground. You get it. Yeah, it's powerful. But aside that, this, you see, this is as powerful as the one that he fell to the, gra- the ground. And let me tell you something. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So often, if he is going to communicate, it will be in the spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. We should worship him in truth and in spirit. And when God speaks to your spirit, you don't hear a voice. When God speaks into your spirit, you don't hear a voice. You see, you are hearing me because I'm speaking to your physical body. The 
tympanic membrane. Do you understand? The hammer, the handle, and what? There are three ossicles in the ear that helps you to hear. So as we are talking like that, you are hearing from a physical point of view because I'm talking to your body. And most of us want God to speak to our bodies. But God is not a body. God is not a flesh. God is not a body. God is... So if you would do well, then you will need to learn how does spirit speak. How does spirit speak? When a spirit speaks to you, when you hear, it comes as a thought, a conviction. Anytime you have a conviction, you know that you know that you know that this is it. But you don't know. You have not read it. You have not heard it. It's not something. You just know. Sometimes you wake up and you know that this person is coming. Sometimes you just woke up and said, this person is coming. Or you wake up and say, hey, there's trouble for this person if I don't pray. You begin to pray. You begin to, you see, the reason why you are doing, you have heard it. You heard it with your spiritual ears. It's a conviction. It's a knowing. It's a witness within you. That is the voice of the spirit. Amen. But because we have not trained ourselves to know who we are, you may even not uh, acknowledge. And you are not a flesh. I will even tell you that be very careful of even the ones that you hear. Yeah. The one that you hear because Satan can speak to you right now. Yeah. Recently, I was talking to uh, uh, somebody that I know he's called. And as I was talking to him, he told me that he was going to open. She has seen a sister. That she, he thought he loved. Then as he was opening a fridge, he heard a voice in the room. Not this one, but this one. He said, he embarked on a journey. And as I was talking to him, he said, Pastor, it wasn't God's voice. I don't know that, that that voice that was so clear in the room. Said the voice was loud in the room. Said Pastor. Said that was when I, I, I noticed the hair. I need to be careful. I can tell you story about story. I can tell you. I remember the birth of my son. I was in UK. I was in school doing my master. I had just finished my course. And I just knew that I needed to pray. Because there's something. So it was winter, bitter winter. You see, when you are fasting in winter, some of you, when it's winter, you don't fast. So when, you see, when you fast in summer, it's very easy. Winter, when you are fasting, you hear. If you, if you don't want to behave like you are hungry, your tummy and the sound that you'll be hearing. They will be like, it looks like they are pumping air through you. And I was fasting three days. After the three days, somebody manifested with a rod and beard like an Asian prophet. 
came and said so many things to me, it wasn't from God. If you don't learn to go with the word of God, and you just want to hear, how did the devil manage to speak to Satan? Uh, Peter, sorry. How did Satan manage to speak to Peter? That tell Jesus this. The church is quiet. I'm talking about how, how to identify your call. God is a spirit and most of the things are, is going to be annoying. going to be a conviction. It's going to be a witness that you cannot shake it away. Don't joke. Don't joke with the things that you don't know where it came from. But it's there you cannot say, God has spoken to you. We will be judged for every one of it. Sometimes you wake up, you know you need to pray. Sometimes you wake up, you know you need to fast. Sometimes you wake up, you know that you need to be kind. This thing, I need to give it out. But unwillingness, you don't hate to it. The first one, I don't know whether I can continue. The divine call of Paul through quiet conviction. This quiet conviction is what I am. The conviction is the voice of God to your spirit. When you have a conviction, it is God speaking to your spirit. Amen. Yeah, conviction is the voice of a spirit. A thought is a voice of a spirit. When as you are hearing me like this, it's the voice to your flesh. Are you there? Yeah. So, human, human, we are spirits, we have souls, and we live in body. So, your ability to know when my body is hearing, how does it? Yeah, we want to know the call of God. We want to know whether God is talking to us. We want to know what God is saying. So it is very important for us to know if God speaks to us to our physical body, how will it be? It will be like what I'm talking to you. Like the one Jesus had. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. All the people heard it. That is the audible voice of God to your body that everybody can hear. But often when he speaks to your spirit, it's a witness. It's a conviction. It's a knowing. Something you have not read. And when he speaks also to your soul, how does it manifest? How does it manifest when God speaks to your soul? So, you need to know that sometimes you are there, you just feel, I mean, a kind of love for somebody. It is God telling you, be kind towards this man. Love them. Show him favor. Show him. You, you, your emotions are also involved. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you will learn to distinguish between how the voice of God to your flesh will be like, to your body, the voice of God to your spirit, you will be able to pick your call. You'll be able to pick your call. Yeah. You'll be able to pick your call. Hallelujah. Whether it's a test message, it's a, a, a audio, a, what the video call, or audio call, or it's a message that was sent to you, understand that you are called. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 16, the Bible says, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, 
Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. So all that was happening. Oh, I wish I will have time. You see, as I'm, as I'm talking, I, I, I feel as though I'm standing in the sun. It's like heat. And I know that that's the anointing. That's the presence of God. Yeah, it may be hot, but it's like my ears are burning. You, you, you will begin to learn even how God deals with you. Yeah. If not God. You will be like Jacob. He said, God was here and I did not even know it. You want to see God with your naked eye? No. It's not like that. Have the conviction. You have the witness. No. God is speaking to you. So Paul is saying that, look, I'm preaching the gospel, but I'm in need. Necessities lay upon me, but woe is me. There's something that tells me that, look, I have no option. He's convicted that even though where I'm treading, doesn't, things doesn't seem to, but I cannot stop. It looks that when I stop, I will die. Sometimes the call of God, that is how it comes. Sometimes you just feel like, if you don't take time, you, you, you will die doing this. You just know that if you don't, you don't. Sometimes even salvation. God is warning you. You, you are about to lose it. You, you just know that if I just don't stop this thing, I don't, I, I'm just going to lose my life. How many have had, not somebody said, but conviction, a, a certain fear comes in your heart and you notice that if I don't do this thing, I can easily lose my life. Yeah. Sometimes that's the, how the call of God, especially to a higher calling. To a higher calling. A conviction. I remember. <laughs> at, at, at a point in my life, when I'm going to my physical work, where I'm paid, my office, where I have everything, I, I handed over uh, the impress to my assistant. I taught him everything to do. When I'm at a time came, that when I'm going to office, my heart will be beating. Will I come back? Nobody knows it, but it's a silent something within me that what I'm doing is very dangerous. What about if I go and I don't come back? And it is not far from my workplace. It's not far from where I'm staying. But at a point, I was staying in a bungalow at the, at the hospital. I would just move and go and come. But I, a time came that when I'm driving, my heart, nobody knows it. You'll be smiling, saying bye-bye, but you know that your heart is beating. Boom. I come back. Will I come back? And I remember when I spoke to my mom that, hey, I just need to do this thing. He said, are you sure? Why won't you work small? I said, if I continue working, you will come and bury me. You will come and bury me. Just let me respond to the call. Are you here? Yeah, it, it was a knowing. It was a conviction. And before I went to UK, I had had a dream in a vision. I had been told that what you are going to do when you come back in three years. Three years exactly, I was in full time. But as the time came, and I, I don't know what I was going to deliver, it, it was like, hey, that confirmed it. But there was a conviction. Yeah, that's what Paul is saying. That's what Paul is saying that look 
Necessity is laid upon me. But who is me if I preach not the gospel? That's why many people don't understand. That this guy will be stoned, will be beaten, will be thrown. He will, he will wake up and wipe him. He says, hey, where, is the next person? Where, where is the next person to talk to? And you need another place to preach. Because there was a conviction. The call of God does not allow you. It's persistent. Quiet, but strong. You know. You know that this thing, you cannot shake it away. How many have tried to shake some of these things away? It doesn't go. You go under shower, you do it, but you see that it's still there. Water cannot. How can, how can, uh, what do you call it? Live boy soap with water and sponge wash away the call of God. It doesn't go like, like that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So those of us who have conviction, some are convicted that support. Some are called to do things. You have a conviction that I need to stand. One lady, she finished her master's, had a what do you call it, opportunity to be a lecturer in another country. She said she, she called me and said, Pastor, I have opportunity to do this and do but I feel in my heart I should be with you and to support what you are doing. It's like that is all I need to do. That's the call. For somebody to ignore money in this world. To ignore money and stick to you, you notice that it can only be God at work. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then people may not understand why. People, God call people. God call people. And he speaks to them himself. And it's a conviction. A quiet assurance. A knowing that nobody knows, but you know it. Number two. The divine call of Abraham through the word of God. Okay, so basically you will see that the word of God is mainly the thing that God uses. And dreams and uh, experience. The, the call of God through Abraham, uh, to Abraham through the word of God. In Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1 to 4. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Amen. So the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came to him. He doesn't say it whether it was physical, in a dream or in a vision. One of the things I would teach you, when you, you see us prophesying, when you see prophet prophesying, you may think that uh, they hear everything. No. No. Another time I will show you. Sometimes God will speak to you clearly in a dream. It's a prophecy. So Abraham responded to the call of God through the word of God. Amen. Yeah. And in our day, what is the word of God? The word of God is the Bible you are holding. So if you are waiting till you also hear, my son, my son, my daughter, my daughter. Today, I have called you, I have begotten you, and I have sent you to the nations. 
to uproot and to pull down. No one can be able to stand before you all your no, 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 no. God, you may not hear that. But as you read, as you read the call of Abraham, you feel convicted. The pages and the words jump to you. You are reading and just a portion of the scripture is like it's highlighted, emboldened, and it jumps into your heart. God has spoken to you. God has spoken, and it doesn't go away. You read scriptures and a portion, look at the Bible, a portion stick to your heart. A portion you cannot. It's the word of God to you. Amen. You need to take note of. Number three, the divine call of Jacob through a dream. The divine call of Jacob through a dream. Those of us who take our dreams lightly, a born again believer, even Nebuchadnezzar did not take his dream lightly, a non-believer. You have had a dream preaching. You have had a dream teaching, having crusade. You still think that you are not called. You meet God when we end up in heaven. You think that God is a photographer doing a display, showing you visions of sick people you are praying for. When you end up in heaven, then you have a nice discussion with him. Amen? All right. And Jacob went from Bathsheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angel of God ascending and descending on it. Are you there? And behold, the Lord stood above it. So, you see, the, the, a dream, but God was speaking in the dream. The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you have explicit dreams. Those of us who don't write our dreams, and we make light of our dreams, especially when you are not, there are four things that bring dreams. Dream can come as a result of what you are thinking about. You think about things so much that you take it into your dream. Dreams can come about when you are having fever. Sometimes you are becoming sick. High fever. High fever will give you a lot of dreams and other uh, diseases. And the other two is either coming from the Holy Spirit, that is God, or it's coming from Satan. 
the dream from Satan will always cause you to be afraid. Job said it. He said, you terrify me with dreams. So when you have a dream that you wake up and you are a nightmare, you are afraid. Because the devil always wants to threaten you. And sometimes he gives you dreams so that you agree. Bible says, whatever two shall agree, that the Lord will do. He did not say two human beings. It can be one person and a, a demon agreeing. So don't agree with dreams that are not appropriate. Hallelujah. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of sound mind, of love, sound mind, and power. That's why any time an angel came to somebody with a vision, with a dream, the first thing he would say to the people is, fear not. So anytime you have encounters that bring fear, it's not coming from the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. So look at the dreams. One day a sister was telling me, Pastor, my dreams are very powerful. When I have a dream, it it happens. When anytime I have a dream, it happens exactly. And I told her that you are being tricked. I told her, You are being tricked. The devil can kill you with this thing that you are seeing. Wait till you see yourself in a coffin. Then you notice that you are preparing to die. Because every dream you have happens. Every dream you have happens. And you are not leading a godly life. You are living in sin. And you are having dream. When you have it, it happens. You need to know that the devil is closer to you. And so many people have destroyed their life like that. Oh, when I see it, it happens. When I see it, and sometimes when they see they are waiting for it to happen. He reveals to redeem. When you see a bad thing, you pray it away. When you see a good thing, you, you pray it for its fulfillment. Hallelujah. And whatever you see, where is it in the Bible? Don't just take a dream and run with it. Where is it in the Bible? It must align. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray that God will give you a dream. There are people who also don't dream at all. And there are others also that they manufacture. Every night you have more than 10 dreams. Uh, why? Where are you going? Are you manufacturing dreams? Is there anybody buying dreams? Where are you shipping the dreams to? And every day, I had a dream about this. I have a, you are making. So now when the proper one comes, you are not, we, we, do, we don't even want to hear it. You get it? Because the wrong ones were a lot. Number four, the divine core of Moses drew an unusual and unnatural occurrence that drew his attention. This is how God calls many of us the unusual. In Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1 to 6, Bible says Moses saw a burning bush. A bush which is burning must normally consume. There must be smoke. Is that not it? But he saw a bush. It was burning. It was burning, but there was no smoke. And the, uh, I mean, can you see a green bush? As we are here, you see a green tree burning. No smoke is a. You have had accident with your friends. All of them are dead. You are the one alive. It's a burning bush. It's a burning bush. All your friends who you started with, you were stubborn. They've all had HIV. You are the only one. It's a burning bush. It's a strange, unnatural sight. 
the school you went to, nobody graduated, nobody passed with the bachelor's. You are the only one who has been able to come out here. It's a burning bush. Turn aside. Turn aside from that burning bush. Amen. Yeah. You notice that you are the different in the whole, not only your mother, so the whole family, your auntie's children, your uncle's children. You are too different. It's a strange thing for you to come out from that family. It's very strange when you see how you are. You notice that no, 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 no. This is a burning bush. Turn aside. Are you there? And Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with a fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great side, why the bush is not consumed. And when the Lord, underline it, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he said, draw not now hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is a holy ground. Moreover, I, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Amen. Now, the reason why there are strange, unusual, uncommon, dramatic, and spectacular occurrences in your life, but you are still not called, is because you don't turn aside. Look, look at it. It is when Moses turned aside. It is when Moses acknowledged that what I am seeing is strange. That he turned aside to look at it. It is when you notice that, no, God has dealt with me different from all my colleagues. Let me find out why. That's when the call came. Yes, you have seen a strange thing. You've had an accident. You, you have survived coronavirus. People, you were sick. You have underlying condition. You are still alive. Healthy people have died and gone. Stronger people. But Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great side. Why the bush is not burned. Have you asked God, why have you treated me so kindly? If you can pray and find out God, you hear the call of God. But the father, you cannot acknowledge the hand of God. Look at the, your friends. Look at people that you grew up with. Where are they? How different are you from them that God has treated you so differently? If you can turn aside from this great side, you hear the call of God. Can I hear your loudest amen? amen? Number five, the divine call of Aaron through Moses. The divine call of Aaron through Moses. Exodus chapter four. Do we have, where, where, where are these books? I asked for it. Do we have it here? How many do we have? 56. How many need a copy of this book? Okay, please quickly bring it. The divine call of Aaron through Moses. 
listen to this. Exodus chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, it's not Aaron the Levite, thy brother. I know that he can speak well. Are you there? And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and I will be with his mouth. And I will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be even as he, even he shall be unto thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be unto him instead of God. Amen. So quickly, the sign to know that you are called to is when, like as I'm preaching, as I'm preaching, you, I mean, something is doing you. You are enjoying the word of God. Or when I come on stage, you are happy. He said, the sign that you are called, he said, when he sees you, there will be what? He will be glad in his heart. When you see a man of God and you are excited, it's a sign that you are called into that ministry. You are called. Follow well. He said, I know, I know. Listen carefully. God is the one speaking. He said, I know, Aaron. Moses was complaining. When God was calling him, he said, I cannot speak. I am not eloquent. I am not this. I have not been to school. I can't speak well. This. He said, look. So he mentioned, mentioned, and said, look. God told him that, listen to me. I know that your brother, Aaron, speaks far better than you. But it's not the eloquency. God looks at the heart. So sometimes, that's the mistake we men do. You look at somebody, he's a graduate, he's a tiktok, uh, yeah, this is the one. No, you don't know the heart. He said, I know he speaks very well, but there's something, there's something that you have that he doesn't have. There's something. There's, I know, I know. If it were just talking, it's not a problem. He can talk, but there's something. It's okay. If that's what you want, I will use him. He's going to be your spokesperson, but you are the one called. Put words in his mouth. Tell him what to say and all that. But a sign that he's the one that when he sees you, there will be gladness. He will be glad in his heart. In other words, there is no need to have people even to follow you when the people don't enjoy your sight. Don't heap enemies into your camp. You need to have people who are happy to be with you. Who are happy to see you. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that, I mean, you just want to be where. I just want to be where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. You don't want to be afar. You wish that you always be with this person. You wish that you always be with your pastor. It's the sign of the call. God has given you gladness. Even when your pastor comes, <coughs> it's nice to you. As people have problem with so many things, you don't have any problem. Even the coughing is nice. Say, oh, look at the nice cough. It could only be the call of God. I'm trying to show you how the call of God is. Yeah, that is how you, it is also. 
when you are called to marry a lady, you see her fault, but even the fault is nicer to you. That is why men, men fall in love with ladies who have even body odor. There are people are they said that, that is the one I like. They don't smell the odor, they miss they say, I like it. It's nice to me. People don't see you. For people that God has tied their heart to love you, to be with you, they have called to be in the ministry. Not that they are fools. They see your fault, they know, but they even like it. Because there's an expression, to air is human. If you are part of humanity, I can tell you that you, your correctness is not up to 99%. <laughs> because all the correct people, you cannot. The, the world is so bad that you cannot live more than three years if you are perfect. Yeah, that's what happened to Jesus. The correct person. Three years he was killed. You cannot. The reason why I know you are, you are, you are not perfect is that you have been around for more than. If you are correct, maximum of three years they will kill you. Hey, people will be against you. You are correct. Oh, three and a half years maximum. So the fact that, you see, when Jesus was now in the ministry and he was moving, when he started, more than, no, no, no. We are so bad that we, we kill the perfect people. So the fact that we are around, we've been in church around, it means that, Charlie, you are, we, oh, we are, we are all no correct. How many are encouraged? Because if you 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 were correct, you'll be gone by now. Mm. If you were so perfect, you got it right. God would have extracted you before you sin, more into change. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sometimes people get it right. People become so good in the world, like uh, uh, what do you call Enoch? Enoch. That God said, just come home before something contaminates you. Just come home. Come home quickly. Quickly, I will not even let them organize any barrier for now. Before something, before you, 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 you become less. Come home. Come on, come home. Come home. Come. Oh, how does the song go? Help me. Are you not there? Come home. Yes, sing it. It's called, yeah. Yeah, come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, look, the oppo- every day you see yourself is opportunity to get it right. I'm telling you. Every day when you wake up, make the sign of the Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, correct my mistakes. Yeah, because when you get it very correct, right, I'm sure you can easily find yourself somewhere. <laughs> Amen. So, look, Aaron did not know. Another person I, I, I could talk about is Bezalel. You know, when God is talking to you about somebody, God doesn't tell the person that I'm having discussion with your pastor about you. And I don't know why God doesn't do it. He leave it to you. He said, I have called this person. God told Moses that I have given Bezalel, 
an anointing to work in crafts to do this. Wisdom, skill. He can do all this. He will do them bread. He will do all these things. I have given him to support you. Some of you, the reason why you are so good is because God has called me. If you, I'm telling you. If you move away and you see that the talent will then work in the land. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, my, the surprising thing is that, you know, Bezalel will wake up one day and find out he's very good. And he can easily be boastful. He may not even know that he's that good because of his pastor. You will be surprised that you are able to discover, you are able to do, not because you are, God wants you to help. He has a reason. And I don't know why God did not tell this that, look, I have anointed you because of Moses. He tells Moses that I have, then he leaves Moses to struggle with the guy. Whether the, whether the guy will understand or not. I'm trying. Number six. I think our time is almost up. Well, what time is it? Okay. In five minutes, we need to be closing. <laughs> Number six. The divine call of Joseph through his childhood dreams. Now you have grown a bit. You have seen money. You have tasted of fame. You have tasted of different things. So you want to throw your childhood dreams away. Some of us, when we were young, when we were young, even when you were playing with your uh, friends, you always, you were the shepherd, you were the pastor. You will be praying and you, were, you will be doing it. This were your childhood dreams. Oh. The childhood, I'm saying that something has happened. You came to Cape Town. That's why you are forgetting your childhood dreams. Cape Town has a way of... Uh, you can easily forget your childhood dreams. Even when you were growing up, everybody know that you there, you are in Fundisi. The way you are, but now, the way things are, you are, you are forgetting. But Joseph was not called when he was old. No, his child, he told the people, I had a dream. Had a dream. The first dream, he said, I had a dream. And the shelves were tying them. And the 11 of you, your shelves bow to mine. And the brother said, what kind of dream is this? Then the Bible said, he dreamt again. He dreamt again. He dreamt again. He said, this time I saw the moon and the, and, the, and the sun and the stars. And they were all doing obeisance to me. And this time he told his father. And his father said, what should I and your mother indeed bow to you? <laughs> Is it there? Yeah, he told his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him. You can rebuke, but that is what will happen. And he said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? <laughs> Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? It, look, you, you could see that Jacob was an anointed man. He interpreted. He said, I am the sun. Your mother is the moon. And the stars are your brethren. Are we indeed going to bow to you? What are you saying? <laughs> the 
prophetic. You see, when you look, you may not think that they, uh, uh, Jacob was very anointed. But when you hear the things that he was saying, the interpretation, and when he went to pray for the sons of Joseph, the Ephraim and Manasseh, and how he crossed, you notice that the guy understood spiritual principles. He said, I know what I'm doing. I know why I have put my left hand on the, the elder and the right on the younger one. Because I want the younger one to be bigger than the... He knew certain things. He interpreted the dream. His childhood dream. You had dream when you were young. You saw visions. When you were young. When no evil has entered you and you were pure, you were seeing dreams and visions. Now that you have given yourself to all these rascal friends, the dreams have ceased. But your childhood dreams is a sign of the core. How many here, when you were a child, when you were much younger, you really loved God, you wanted to do something for God? Oh, can you wave? Yeah. Yeah, by the time I finish, you notice that the whole church is called. Many are called. You will see. You will see. I'm expecting everyone here to respond to the call. Yeah. Like Jesus. Start with your 12 apostles. You should have at least 12 people that every Sunday you are coming to church with. We are coming to do it. Operation said by your soul. We'll do it. Number seven. The divine call of Joshua when Moses sent him. Now, those of you when... They send you, you don't go. You will never see your calling. Moses said, look, I'm going to pray. Moses said, go and do basenta. Do a basenta. I will be praying for you. And Joshua went. He said, you go and fight. I will be in the mountain. I will be praying. Hallelujah. And by said, Aaron and her went to support Moses. When he lifted his hand, Joshua was winning. You don't know that if your pastor is not praying, whatever you are doing may not work. Hallelujah. So Joshua became the leader because he followed. He was just sent, go and do this. He went and he saw that, wow, I can fight. But the fight was because of what the uh, pastor has asked him to do. Number eight, the divine call of Samuel by staying in the church. And being trained to recognize God's voice, which sounds like a man's voice. Now, when you go to uh, Grand West, hmm? when you go to Grand West, or you go to a tavern, you go to a club, you are likely to hear the voice of Satan. Where you are determined the voice you hear. So, if you are in church... If you are in church, you come for church, you come for prayer, you come for meeting, you are likely to hear the voice of God. Samuel heard the voice of God, which was like the voice of man. Because when you are in the church, I can easily tell the, oh, do this. Can you help with this? Do this. Today, uh, yesterday or today, yesterday I sent for, uh, I called a lady that I want to see you because I'm going to give you administrative work. That's the call. But if she doesn't know, she may, oh, I'm just, no. No, when you hear the voice of God, it's like the voice of man. In fact, three times, someone went to Eli and said, Eli, you are calling me. Eli said, I'm not calling you. 
So sometimes what the man is telling you, what you hear that looks like man is asking you to do something, it is actually God speaking. Three times he thought that it was. Sometimes when you are asked to do something, so he just wants us to do this. No, it could be God speaking through the person. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 to 10. Number nine, the divine call of Elisha by having a mantle thrown on him. By having a mantle. Maybe I'm invited to preach somewhere or I'm supposed to do something. I said, no, go and do it. You have my mantle. Or I'm leading prayer, I'm stepping out. I say, continue. That is the mantle, the microphone I'm using, the pulpit I'm using. You need to know. You need to know. Because you are also waiting till I throw my jacket on you. Meanwhile, you are bigger than me. How can my jacket suit you? But I, I'm, I'm leading a prayer. And instead I said, please continue. That is, you have, you've come for the person's microphone. You are standing where he stood. Somebody has been leading praise and worship. The person moves. You cannot see that you are being called. To have a double portion. Oh, you are waiting for the jacket. <laughs> and this day, the jackets are expensive, eh? <laughs> if you keep throwing them. <laughs> if you know that you are going to throw it, then you buy a cheaper one. <laughs> cannot buy Expensive jacket you are just showing. Then how many people are going to be called? Amen. Are you here? Oh, time will not permit us, but we have to. The divine call of Jeroboam through the word of God. The divine call of David through the anointing of the prophets. The divine call of Solomon through double dream. Look at it. We can... We can go on and on, but I'm going to give you a copy of this book that will help you. You read it so that when we talk about it, it goes seem deep. I pray that you will recognize your call. I pray that you respond to the call. And not only that, but you will be part of those who are chosen. May the Lord bless you, lift his countenance upon you, cause you to know his voice, whether he's speaking to your mind, whether it speaks to your spirit or your body, may you acknowledge it. May you respond. May you become in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by the word of God. Please worship with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at LCI Megachurch, Lewisham Way, 79 Parklands Main Road, Cape Town, South Africa.